Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Darkness Within presents Jumping Into the Fire. And I have with me tonight, I have the award-winning Evan Jensen from Beyond the Edge of Reality, and he's the producer of On the Edge of Reality. He's also got a new show called Paranormal Statics, which it's a it's a great show. Everybody should listen to it. And I also have Jesse Roth with me tonight, and we're going to have a great show here, and we're going to tell you the truth about Leslie Job Shelton. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hey, Judy. Hello, hey, thanks for having me on. No problem, Evan. So here's the thing. Everyone's wondering, why is Evan Jensen doing another slam show? This is not going to be a slam show. I don't see, I don't hear uh, Jesse ranting and raving and swearing. I don't hear Judy being drunk and ranting and raving. I don't hear any of that. This is going to be a show, basically a program to help kind of clarify everything where Leslie Job Shelton is concerned. Um, you know, it's, the problem is where to begin. There has been so much in the past year with Miss Shelton that you think she's becoming a public figure. Well, in her own ways, she has. But perhaps not for the correct reason. Um, with that said, I'm going to just let Jesse just kind of do whatever she wants to say here, because I know Jesse's waited a long time to have her piece. There's been a lot of negative campaigns with Jesse, and I know that uh, most of it has not been true, and that that is a problem. Um, and so, Jesse, you've got the floor here. <laughs> oh, geez, way to put me on the spot, Evan. I know, um, I know. Sorry. Well, you know, I mean, as she. She basically came at me out of nowhere, probably a little over a year ago. Um, I had known her sister, and her sister and I had spoken about things in the past and whatnot, but I had never known her name. I didn't know her. You know, her sister doesn't sit there and talk trash about her. She doesn't run her mouth about her name, this, that, and the other. Um, and the reason why I'm explaining this is because when I bumped into Leslie, um, it's actually an amusing story. Um, it was on a mutual friend's Facebook page. And, you know, Leslie didn't like what I was saying. Okay, fine. Well, when I see somebody on someone's page and I don't like what they're saying, I just typically ignore it. You know, I don't know this person. I don't know who they are. Um uh, and they're entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Um, well, she came after me, and she started coming after me with a vengeance, like for just no reason. Um, 
And she started saying her sister did this and her sister did that. At the time, I was unaware <laughs> that her sister was actually a good friend of mine. Uh, this is an amusing story. And I, I basically had said to her, I said, oh, so the craziness runs in the family. <laughs> you know? When I realized who she was, I was like, stop. <laughs> um, but, you know, to kind of just put everything into a Reader's Digest because it has been a year uh, yeah. with everything, you know, just one incident after another. I mean, this woman who did not know me started coming after me, attacking me on different pages, basically trying to in, enter into my personal life um, she started doing Google searches on me, which, you know what, fine. You know what, whatever you can find there on the Internet about somebody, and I understand this is true about me as well, it's pretty much public knowledge. You know, and I'm sure you guys have done your research on me. There really isn't much to fight. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... You know, you know Jesse, and you brought up a good point here. Now... Miss Joe or Miss Shelton or Miss Murray, whatever her name is, I'm just going to call her the crapper because she really, everything she can <laughs> say is just full of crap. That is but, funny. But, that but is funny. Well, here's the thing. If she can't find anything on you, there's 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 things such as photo bucket, Photoshop. I mean, hey, these people are experts. I have an image that she had placed on me and to the, to the average person, you could not tell if it was actually me saying it. Um, mm. But there are little hints, like when she ha- puts out a post of you about something, and it's usually something very damning that you said. Uh, the mm. color, like one one statement from her will be in blue, the other statement will be in yellow. That's a clear image. Because when you do uh, a screenshot of somebody's text, it's one mm. color. It's not going to be yellow or blue. That's just, it's not going to happen. Also, the lining, you know, the lining of the message will be a little bit off. It won't be centered. It's not going to be as perfect as if it came from the phone. It's another reason you can tell. So there's a way that, you know, you can tell when they're doing these things. Um, Hey, folks, we're already getting into getting slammed in the chat room over here. Uh, (laughs) guest, Guest number seven, it says, why isn't that calling the pot black, Evan? Oh, it's oh we Evan. know who that is. Hey, Leslie, why don't you call in? Yeah, yeah. why don't you grow some balls and call in, uh, Miss Piggy? I'm, I'm welcoming her to call in. Let me just go on a little rant here. Not a real rant, but just some statements here of why I've grown tired of this woman. Um, you know, we were all really, I really had no real issues with her with her, up until the point where my co-host, Arlene Watts, left. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I started seeing comments. I'd make a comment explaining what's going on with my co-host in reference to her uh, comments, and there would be comments from Ms. Shelton on there. Um, As far as Ms. Shelton was concerned, I was to shut up, not say anything, just allow my former co-host to just slam me whatever she wanted, because that would make me the better person. I don't. I never understood that reasoning, and we disagreed many times on that. And why did we uh, disagree on that? 
is because it's been my belief for a long time, and I know Jesse and I know you, Judy, and anybody else listening knows. If somebody has something to say about me and I hear about it, I'm commenting publicly. It's just the way I am. I don't back down. Sometimes I get myself in trouble, but, hey, that's the way it is. I, I try to be a straight shooter and, and tell it like it is. Uh, and that, mm-hmm. so that, I do believe in my case, got Michelle on my ass for that. I do believe it's because I was not conforming to the way of her thinking that she increased. That's exactly it. She, If you don't think the way she thinks, she mm-hmm. will turn on you like a snake. Yeah. I mean, and, well, even if she doesn't know you, I mean, I, I used to be, you know, she's the one, she will go trying to pull up all these details about everybody's life. And then she will turn around and call them a stalker. Well, yeah. my, my thing is, wait a minute, you live 2,500 miles away from me. I don't even like that I know where you live, number one. Number two, I would not cross the street to spit in your face the way you have treated me. So why would I bother stalking you 2,500 miles away? Well, that's the thing, too. You know, even on my blogs, I write my blogs because my blogs are kind of like my diary in in a lot of cases. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I set the record straight here. I have over 200 posts from her on my blog, slamming my articles, slamming me, uh, just a lot of negative, inflammatory um, postings, and they serve no purpose other than she thinks she's getting some attention. Um, you know, the truth is, I never blogged about this woman, not once. I was never the first one to even write any comments about her up until the point where she hammered me through Darlene Watts' original blogs, and again, Darlene, for the record, was my former co-host. So all I mm-hmm. ever did was answer these blogs. Um, and and you know, the, you talk about twisted truths and harsh realities, and that's going to be my next I the Paranormal blog. And for the record, yes, uh, here in the next week or so, I will be writing articles in the Eye of the Paranormal, and that will be the header. Uh, I think it's an important message to send to people, uh, you know, and I'm sure Ms. Elton is not going to like that I blog. If it's centered around her for a while, well, then it just is. It's really frustrating. Somebody has a problem with you. Why don't they really... Can't hear you, Ivan. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Well, what I was saying was, you know, it's just the things that she's done and said that is way over the top. Uh, It's constantly bickering and interfering with people's lives, trying to get in the middle of situations. Uh, It's a repetitive behavior. Um, And then she calls people stalkers. Uh, you know, there's a difference between just going on a media or a website and socially looking at it or, or whatever. People, they're called trolls. You, I'm a troll, you're a troll, Jesse's a troll. Everybody that looks on the Internet on pages and things are all trolls. That's just bare facts. Well, the whole point of posting something on the Internet is for people to read it. So... If you're going to post something publicly on the Internet and then expect people not to read it, well, you just, you're not making sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's something I want to clean up real quick to clarify a little bit. Um, you know, I had, this past year was a tough year, and so 
when Leslie Shelton was working on another case, she, uh, I didn't have a phone at the time. And so she decided, well, I'm going to send you money for a phone. And uh, that was very kind of her and everything. And, and I appreciated that. And she's, you know, she, I do she, believe I have, uh, I'm sorry, Evan, for cutting you off. Um, I do believe I have Leslie in the chat room as guest number seven. Uh, so unprofessional as always. Great to see things haven't changed. I said, "Yeah, whatever, Seven. You must be Leslie." Lots of laughs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. some so, so back throw to the some balls and oh. call in. Well, hold on. She'll call in maybe if they have any guts to them. I mean, uh, she should call in. This is her time. I welcome Leslie calling in and saying her piece. She needs to. And then once yes, she no. says her piece, maybe she'll be done and, and, and leave people alone. But, yeah, for the record, so she gave me a phone, the money for a phone, and I, and I thanked her to the day. Uh, the agreement was between her and I that when things got better here, uh, I send her the money, and, and she said that would be fine. That's been changed and altered about 90 times out there constantly, uh, trying to make it look like I ran some scam for a damn phone. And quite frankly, how I feel about that is is that well, she can pretty much take that phone and stick it up her arse. <laughs> <laughs> well, how that's her game, though, her? Evan. Evan, that's uh-huh. her game. Okay, she's going to stick her nose in and yep. try to play hero. But yeah. when she doesn't come out looking like the hero, everybody else is the bad guy. She's the yep. only one in the world with a good heart, and everyone else is the bad guy. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. How do you make right, when you do something right and something good for somebody, how do you use that as a negative campaign to attack them and make them out to be some bad guy or some crook of the thief? It's, it's really nasty. It's treacherous. Um, well, she's makes- been, supposedly she's been diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome. Um, and yeah. the reason why I'm saying supposedly is because I've heard it, it's been verified by people, but I've never seen it in writing, so I just want to make that clear. Um, but that is a very true characteristic of Munchausen, is the, the victim, well, and I shouldn't say victim, but the person with the Munchausen syndrome will make themselves a victim so they get attention. Now, if they got to make themselves try and be a hero, and spin it to get the empathy, then that's what they have to do. But that's a very typical trait of Munchausen. That's disturbing. That's that's a mental emotional disorder. I do I believe I wrote a blog about that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's the uncoordinated efforts of somebody that is suffering from a, a mental disease, if this is the case, um, that's triggering this. and, and it makes you wonder, you know, I know she's written many posts. She's made many blogs about me, I think 10 or 11, and she might go home after this show and write 10 more. I couldn't care less. I <laughs> um, Nobody's going to read them anyway. <laughs> no, no. You know, here's the thing, that, and I'm going to brag. I get bragging rights. I don't usually brag. I'm, I'm not a bragger. Uh, but the Paranormal Herald has taken several turns this past year, this summer, you know, as it came out really, it's went from being a blog site to really being uh, a national magazine where there's different stories on there and uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
Catholic news to paranormal news to uh, blogs. Um, and it's gotten popular. I mean, the, the, many of the articles have actually went viral. And, and, and uh, I get mad because it is my goal at some point to make that herald profitable. And the way you can mm-hmm. do that is by adding many different uh, advertising sites to it, you know, like Google Sense and Yahoo Sense, all this stuff. Okay, so when she goes and hits these blogs and writes mm-hmm. these blogs, derogatory comments day after day like she had been, um, uh-huh. it's actually harmful to that people. And so that's why I've got a problem. You know, you're hitting something that you know can cause you uh, undue influence. And she also made her blogs on WordPress, which is where the Herald's at, because she knows that it will be a hindrance to, to what is to become a business here. And that, she can link to it. Correct. Right. And so that's why you're seeing so many blogs about what she's doing, because I'm just countering what's being said. That's all I'm doing in my defense. Um, it's really frustrating to see this. It serves no purpose, other than it's vengeful. It's vendetta is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then what really fired me up, I'm going to tell you one thing recently that just fired me up beyond belief. Okay, so we know that, as far as we know, from the allegations being made now that there were two GoFundMe sites made by Ms. Sheldon. The first one was mm-hmm. a wild concerning a, a cancer pa- uh, patient, and apparently there's speculation to where the money went for that. According to Ms. Sheldon, somebody else did it. According to them, somebody else did it. You know, so there is speculation and allegations from both sides being made on that side. Mm-hmm. And does another GoFundMe site that just ended here recently from a woman mm. that's to have a believe cancer. And the problem is, you know, again, now there's questions of to where the funds are supposed to go. The GoFundMe person that the site was made for says, hey, I don't want the money. And so yeah. you, guys, you should think, what do you think, what do you think, why do you think a woman would say, I don't want that money. Because she was harassed so much by the person mm-hmm. promoting it that she wanted nothing to do with it. Exactly. You know, I, and I do, and I'm glad you clarified that. It wasn't like, you know, anybody, we're not sitting here going, Leslie just like adamantly stole it. No, we're not. She badgered that woman until the woman was finally like, you know what, I don't care what you do with it. Just, you know, just, I don't want it. Yeah, and I spoke with her in depth, too, several times. Um, And I got the messages also to prove it. Um, You know, I feel bad for this woman because she's having a tough go. I mean, a couple of times I talked to her, she was right already at the hospital. Um, And, you know, these are characteristic traits that Ms. Shelton's uh, shown in the past because of her conduct and her action. Um, exactly. You know, this is a continuing thing. If you uh, look well, at you... everything, if if you look at everything Leslie has had a hand in, it's the yeah. same pattern over and over and over and over. She tries it to is. be the hero. She ends up the victim. It's true. I mean, take a look at her neighbor. Now, these are allegations. 
Um, have they been confirmed? Well, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, we have seen posts from Ms. Shelton about her neighbors and confusing conflicts, and they're calling the police, and they got restraining orders against each other. I mean, she's got a history with her own neighbors that she can't mm-hmm. get along Much less, how does somebody like this get along in social society out there on the World Wide Web? Where you can just what? jump over, you know, an alias well, with, and raise the with, with that, Evan, um, she's one of her uh, llamas came up dead, and she actually accused a neighbor of poisoning one of her animals. You know, which is uh, really horrific to think that your neighbor would poison your animal. You know. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mm. thought that. I mean, and when uh, her oh. female llama. When her female llama went into heat, her the, the neighbor's male llama jumped the fence and came into her property. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, if anybody if anybody owns a stud horse or a bull or a male animal that that is that big, they will come through the fence. They will jump the fence. So I mean. She should have thought about that. You got a, a female llama in heat. Keep it in the barn. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a duty that something a knowledgeable person would do. Yeah. So, well, you I mean, know, what, what, is what are you gonna What are you gonna do with a person that can pull off in their own backyard? You know, you can't do much with them. <laughs> well, you know. I'll end this with a brief summary here. Maybe the llama was just looking for Leslie. Maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe. Might uh, be some of that llama love. I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, getting back on topic, because you know, I don't want to enter the slapstick era here. If I do that, I'm in trouble. So I'll try to keep Well, you know, um, Another thing, too, Evan, is, I mean, she posted on one of your blogs that, one, I was living in a car. I own no car. How am I going to live in a car when I have no car? If I have a car, I'd like to know where it is so I could go live in it. It would, it would be a lot cheaper, you know? But what I, I, I really want to know, Judy, is what is it Leslie's freaking business if you're living in two cars? What the hell is it her concern? Here's where it's I got upset. And I'm going to be honest. Here's why I got upset. When Leslie Shelton told the paranormal public out there that was listening, she stated, you know, everything about you leaving, she's glad you're leaving, and blah, 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 just fueling the fire between you and Darlene Watts. And I looked at some laws in Michigan, and to be honest, a tenant has the legal right of privacy. In any landlord dispute like that, when, you, when you're when you renting from somebody, and I know damn good and well that Ms. Watts placed you on a contract, correct? Right. I have, I still have the lease in my possession till this day, okay? Oh. And I was literally kicked out before the, before the lease. It was a year lease, so, you know. Oh, okay. I was thrown well, out before the that, lease. Uh, you know, I know the things that made you that they did that harass you. I mean, we wrote what five or six blogs about it. Uh, using first of all, and for the record, using social media to evict somebody out of their place is a good way for you to own their property. I'm just saying. 
So you need to think about that before the next year turns. Because there's a one year on residency uh, tenant type uh, law violation. So you need to get with well, that. Well, I can't, own, I, can't own the prop- I can't own the property because now, I mean, the city's not going to building down. So it would do me no good to own the property. Okay. Yeah, but there there's a stipulation with that, Judy. With the building being under um, city, yep. coming under city uh, possession. All right. First of all, if Darlene and Brian knew that before they made you sign a lease, they should have been forthcoming and put it in writing on the lease that there is a possibility that this lease might not go to full term. And under that, they need to make conditions to compensate you for that because they need to tell you if there's something foreseeable. Now, you know, if there's a fire in the house or something, you know, that's not something foreseeable. But something like that, they knew about it a long time before you moved in. And, and they, sure they, they, didn't, they didn't tell me until I got there. They yeah. didn't tell me. I was there, like, for a week, and then all of a sudden it pops up. Well, you know, the city might be taking the building over, and we got this other house, so you can move upstairs in the other house. And it's a mess house. Who wants to move upstairs in a mess house? Really? Yeah, no, I hear yeah. that. Um, but, no, legally, legally they should have, knowing ahead of time that there was a possibility that was going to happen, they should have put that in the lease and at least accommodated you somehow. Now, whether the situation was you don't want to move in with them to the new building, fine. They still need to compensate you because you're being kicked out of your lease that you signed without knowing this. They weren't forthcoming with this information when you signed the lease, is what I'm saying. And right. that they, they should have compensated you somehow. Now, I'm not saying they have to write you another place or anything, but they need to at least put you up in a hotel until you can find something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they do. And it, it all should have been in writing. It should have yeah. been, but the only thing was in writing was Darling's comments and bragging about kicking Judy out and Leslie Shelton. Exactly. In, which we have the screenshots. So she and, you know, do- another thing, too, is, like, they had two dogs downstairs, which one of them they said, like, would bite me. Within five minutes, I had that dog eaten out of my hand, and he was really friendly with me, and he loved the hell out of me, you know? And I said, well, if I want a dog, I'll just come down here and... uh turn around and and take him upstairs and spend time with him because they spent like little to no time with their dogs other than yelling at them and screaming at them. And uh, they suggested I got a dog. So I got a pit bull, which almost ate me half to death. And Evan knows that as well, you know. And, and then um, I got another dog in January after I took the other one back to the pound. And... Now I had to give up that dog because I don't have a place for him. And thank God he went to a family with four kids. And he's happier than happy right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't want a dog. I wanted to get a cat. Cats are easier to take care of, mm-hmm. you know? They gave me two birds and then got all pissed off when I gave the birds back. Well, they weren't mine. She inherited them from her mother. And... She's lucky those two birds were still alive because the other two birds that she got from her mother, 
died because somebody shut the heater off during the winter. And uh, believe me, winters are, the winters are hell up there. Believe me. I, I spent maybe, uh, the whole winter up there. They're hell. And maybe Julie, I, maybe you should have a pig. Maybe I should have a pig. I know where you can get one at a discount. Yeah, I know know where I can get one. I'll just call Miss Piggy up and ask her if I can buy one of her pigs. No, thanks. (laughs) There's something that I know fuels this woman, Leslie, more than anything in the planet. And here's the thing. It's not me. It's not something I did. It's not something you did or Judy did or anybody else out there in paranormal land. It's something she did. Leslie, Job Shelton, went on the Judge Judy show to try to regain a pig she sold. And Judy, what did Judy of Judge Judy say in that opening show? What did she She say? She said, it's not your pig, and you're a hustler, and your credibility stinks. That's what she said. I watched the show. (laughs) And the thing was, is she sued the wrong person because supposedly... She has a contract made up, like an animal shelter. You you know, you get a animal yeah. out of the shelter, and you got to return it to the shelter if you can no longer keep it. Well, she had a contract similar to that made up, and she sold the pig to some girl, and then the girl sold her to some guy, and now the guy's kids were attached to the pig. So, I mean, she was trying to sue the guy when she should have been suing the girl. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But here's the and, thing. Right? We want to bring up something real quick about why well, I talk about photoshopping evidence and so forth or changing or altering, you know, documents. It was allegedly uh, said and allegations were made by Judge Judy that she brought a contract that wasn't the contract that the original, uh, you know, person had shown her. And, you know, there were changes made with, with that were blacked out and apparently initialed. By her, but not by him. His contract seemed to be the original one, and that's what that show was based on. And that's why Judge Judy said, hey, there's something wrong in Wyoming here. And that's why, you know, she didn't actually say that, but that's, you know, what we're getting at here is that the allegations made by the judge were based on the said documentation presented by Ms. Show. Now, here's the thing that gets me the most. She says she's a victim's advocate, that she's advocated for people for years. It makes you wonder what kind of allegations or advocating, I should say, has this woman actually done? None. 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 I got it. And she says she was a victim's advocate at 17. Hell, I didn't didn't think people didn't even finish high school until they were 17. I finished when I was 18. I finished when I was 18, so, I mean, we're both born the same month, so, I mean, you know, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean... So does that mean she got she a law degree for her own law degree? Her own law degree. Um, but, she worked for a doctor's office, and she worked... She don't know where she works. She, she don't know what she is. She's just outrageously <laughs> delusional, you know, and... I yeah. still think we ought to send her a compass and a GPS, but, you know, that's either her or Yeah, maybe she needs a shot caller when she leaves her fence line. Oh, my God. 
like me. I'm not trying to be professional. I'm keeping my wife's tracks to myself. <laughs> she needs a she okay. needs a pattern. I'm gonna say a few things because you know what? Yeah. My God, she's here's something that she said that really upsets me. Uh, she's called, she had told people, and she put it on my blog, too. I've got it. I copied it, screenshot it for evidence. She says that I, I'm a pedophile, that I raped a little boy. Um, Judy, you did a governmental search, um, and you have that PDF file that was shared. Now, you haven't shared to me what it says, but, you know, I'm very confident in what I'm saying. So you tell Jesse and everybody listening what that federal search showed is there any such charges or anything similar? There are no there are no such charges against Evan Jensen as far as uh being a child molester or kidnapping or a pedophile or anything of the such. There are personal files on there which I cannot reveal on air. I will not reveal them. Um Evan Gents is clean and clear. I mean, there's nothing of the sort. I mean, you know, I have the PDF file. It's from the government. Mm. So, and we'll share that. I have the file uh, that you sent me. I haven't had time to open it. I have to change it to some weird JPEG file or something. I have to figure that one out. Well, the thing that oh. really, the thing that really got me with Leslie, and this was even going back to last year, because. She did it again on one of your blogs, Evan, but she pulled this last year as well. Um, she's known, she's one that's known to start talking to people, uh, filtering through people's friends lists, finding out who they know, trying to dig up information on people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, as far as Internet, he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. I can typically turn my computer off and go, you know what, I've seen enough for the day. You know, I'll I'll spend five minutes on it tomorrow, but right now I've got a life to live. You know, I'm not attached to my computer. Um, But she brought my child into it. Right, yeah. Yeah, That was the point where I went livid. And I was like, that's it. Because, you know, all of us, you know, Evan, you and I are, are both guilty of, you know, we'll write our blogs and, you know, a lot of them are opinion and we'll state their opinion. Um, we try to pull as much facts as we can. Um, you know, we'll we'll do our blogs and whatnot. And, you know, we'll point fingers. But the problem is we're able to take fingers pointed back at us. Okay? You know what? Everybody who does that has to understand if you're going to point fingers, you're going to get three pointing back at you. And that's just the rule of the world. Now, she went in as far as contacting somebody that knew somebody that was related to somebody I dated 20 years ago. That's how far this, she went into my personal life. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Um, and, which, fine. You know what? Go ahead, do that. But when you cross the line, and even Evan and myself have never done this. You know, maybe face-to-face if we're in an argument with someone or privately, you know, we'll bring something up. But we never will publicly go after people's children. 
and underage children, no less. And no, last oh, year, you know what, Jesse? They even tried making that stuff up. They took, well, you uh, know what, Evan? You know what, Evan? I just had uh, guest number seven who will not reveal themselves. They said that I, you know, from people from my past, I should know who it is. And I'm like, I don't know who this is. And I won't reveal my source who I got this from, but it says, unless you are getting records from the local courthouse where the person lives, I wouldn't trust what you find online. I said this was from the government agency itself. I did not get it online, and they said, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not here to prove anything. I, I think what but, we're here but, to do is just kind of... When she went after my child publicly? Yeah, yeah, that's not right. That made my head spin last year, and that's when I went on a tear, and anybody and everybody that was associated with her in my head was going down because yep. that's Thumbs what put me, me over the edge. That's what put me over the edge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I went after you. but I'm Well, I never lie. went after your child, and you went after me, too. <laughs> well, you were associated with her, though. That was the problem. <laughs> You know, but Judy, as a mother, you understand where I'm coming from, though, right? When somebody comes after your child, you're going to take down anybody involved with that. Oh, Evan, just seven would like to know what happened when you went after Rick Rose's children publicly, huh? I didn't go after his children publicly. Everybody damn well knows that that fool's got his son running that page. And then, like, when when a picture was posted to that page, then he tried to claim foul. But, look, and we want to talk about Lord Rick Rowe, which has also been kissing Leslie Shelton's big fat butt. Let me just mark this as evidence document number one. All right, so here's the thing. Lord Rick Rowe needs to shut his pie hole because he got his ghost friend killed while they went on a drinking binge, got the man ran down and killed. That article went live in the, in the paranormal examiner. It got taken down because the examiner made a certain somebody uh, take it down. But I've got that article, and you know what? I have no issues uh, telling and putting that into a blog in the paranormal world. In fact, I think I'll do that so people know the truth behind Lord Rick Rowe. Uh, he's a disgusting creature. There's no doubts about it. Uh, you talk about a sociopath? I think these two should marry each other, Leslie and Sheldon, because they get along great. I mean, here they are talking to each other, using the same lingo, the same antics, tactics, you name it. So, you know, with that said, you got to understand the sources and just not even paying any attention. They both want to be known for something. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on Rick. First of all, I do know of him. I do chat with him. Um, I don't have an okay. Now, 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 see, now, uh, now I got going, okay, because <laughs> I have reason to believe that guest number seven is Lord Rick Rose since he told me to think back into my past. Well, if this is Rowe, I just want to tell you something here and now. You shouldn't be going around telling people you got raped by a Yeti and <laughs> make. Oh, make a, make a YouTube video of you getting poked in the ass in a cave. Hello? Ouch. I All still right. have that. 
I still have that video. Yes, I downloaded it to my computer, dear. So, you know what? You're all messed up about, there. Let's stay on topic here because it's easy to Yeah, I, I'll let you two handle that topic only because... Yeah, like we're going to get back to topic here. I don't have an issue with him. So, back to Leslie, here's the thing is that, I, in my opinion, uneducated opinions it may be, it's just my opinion, based on speculations, um, and allegations made by other people, I think she has a severe mental and emotional disability, and that's effect, it's affected her, her judgment. It, it's clouded uh, what she does, how she says it, what she does in life out there in the social end as well. Uh, now, Jesse, one thing I want to hit is that she had made statements uh, last year that you were on welfare, that you had a... Uh, Guardian, is any of these statements true? Absolutely not. And I will tell you, I am on Social Security Disability. Um, And and I'll I'll tell you what that's about, okay? I have, in my past, I had a neck injury, and then I had an ankle injury that re-injured my neck and back. Um, However, I also have fibromyalgia which I don't mm-hmm. know if you know of that. Judy knows of it. It's really bad. Yeah, very um, painful. Uh, very painful. It's 24-7, and when you flare up, you're just, you can't even move. Um, yeah. Now, I do have a part-time job. The mm-hmm. Social Security office knows about it. I report all my income. I also mm-hmm. have very understanding bosses that know of my disabilities. So if I call them up to corporate and say I need something moved down on my lot, they send maintenance down right away so I don't have to overexert myself. You know, they're very mindful that I'm not physically where I was 20 years ago. And yeah. they're, very, they're, they're the greatest bosses in the world. i got to be honest with you. I am not on food stamps. I am not on welfare. Because here, and actually this is how... Um, this is how pathetic this country is. I live on a fixed income, and I do. I live paycheck to paycheck. I live on a fixed income. By the time I pay my bills, there's I don't I I don't even save ten bucks a month. To be honest with you, it's not you know it's not like I'm living off the people of the land. You know, making a million dollars here, um, but. I actually make too much to collect welfare in the state of Pennsylvania. But no, I'm not on welfare. I do not have a guardian. I live by myself. When my son's here, he's here as well. We had that's another thing with my son. Basically, my son's physical custody is with my husband. Um only because Years ago, when I got really, really sick, they didn't know what to diagnose me with, so they couldn't treat it. So I wasn't able to care for him. So I went to my husband. I had custody of my my son at that point. And I went to him, and I said, I need you to help me out. Well, now, of course, once you sign over custody, even if you get better to get him back, it's just, and by then, he was enrolled in school. So we didn't want to pull him out of school, pull him out of his home, etc. Basically, if you even out, I have him every other weekend during the school year. 
And then during the summer, I had him in the middle of the week while my ex was at work. Um, so if you even it out, we basically have 50-50 custody. It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm incapable of caring for my child. I, you know, I shouldn't be around him, you know. So I wanted to clarify that as well. Well, that's how, Leslie, I'm, I'm glad you did, did a good job of that understanding. Um, and, and that's exactly how Leslie writes. She'll try to make people think you're incompetent. She'll try to make, make people think you're this and that to lessen your credibility. And that's the thing. Um, you know, everybody can get fooled in things. And I know you were, you were not working with, but associated a lot with Carol Malone. And I also know mm-hmm. Allie's not. And she has made uh-huh. statements. Oh, Leslie's working. Uh, Leslie's made statements to the fact, you know, allegations that were made that you're supporting her in that. And, and I've talked with you now, and mm-hmm. you see that you're not even associated with her much. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's this misrepresentation of facts by her that he Yeah, and uh, let me clarify that a little bit as well. Um, and I won't get too far into it because we want to keep this on Leslie, but I just want this out there, okay? During the time of the, we're just going to say the said event. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a said event that was in question. Um, I actually, for other reasons aside from the event itself, had kind of, like, I had other things going on in my life, so I kind of peeled away from that probably about a month before. Um, as soon as the event took place, I did cut ties with her completely, just 100% completely, not even in any aspect to implicate her or defend her. Um, I cut ties just because I, you know, you know how it is. We have real lives. You know, we're not like Leslie. We can't sit behind the computer all day long. We have other stuff we have to deal with. Absolutely. Um, So um, at the time of the event, I did. I totally cut ties. I've heard from her once since then and never again. And that was not a very pleasant conversation either. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail, but it was not a, what I did hear from her, it was not a, hi, Carol, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, you know, yeah. And I have, I have somebody that has a problem with you and I talking again. Um, guest number seven, once again, um, says my memory is really limited and uh, that there was a time that you and I were en- enemies. And, you know, I said, yeah, and so we work through our differences. Now they come back with people argue. I have never spoken to someone after a fight. I never have stayed married. Last to last. Judy and my co-host is... Judy, you are muffled, and I don't understand why. But, you know, my co-host is also in the chat room. So, uh, you know, and number seven comes back with, I had more respect for you when you woke up from Evan's nonsense. Now, I can't imagine who that was. Maybe it was Carol Malone. Maybe that's who that is. No idea. I no have no clue. clue. I have no I idea. I have no clue. None. <laughs> I don't either. Um, to be honest, I still think I I still think it's Leslie. I wish she would call in. 
Come on, you know, here's your chance. You know what? You want to defend yourself. Here's a platform. We're all being civil tonight. You know, nobody's bickering. Nobody's arguing. Nobody's, you know, we're just stating what's been put out there. Here's your chance to come forward, and you're not going to come forward. Well, sure. Number seven is anybody in the chat room is willing to call in. The phone number is 724-444-7444. Caller ID number 135-394-9. Please call in if you've got something to say. I don't understand why you're talking all this crap in the chat room but you won't come out here and face us face-to-face, call in. Or maybe you don't just have a set of balls to do that. I don't know. Well, let's I, talk a little bit about even... the allegation that were made with Ms. Shelton in her uh, welfare fraud, and I have the screenshot to prove it. It's just absolutely yes, I also I, I also have uh, a screenshot of her arrest record from the welfare fraud. I mean, it's funny how she accuses both you and I, Evan, of having dealings to do with the law, and she's quick to, like, yeah, I have a DUI record. That's all that's on my record. And, you know, she's pushing in a hurry to put it out there. Well, it's been out there for the past two years, as you know, and it's like, show me something new. What, What else do you have new on me, you know? Well, this, uh, case, this is another case that leads to her credibility, actually, as well as the Judge Judy show. But this one, uh, it, it was written 1-4 of 2000, and I actually have the, the said document. Uh, there was two charges there. There was one, false statements to receive aid and then perjury. This perjury is where you lie under oath. So if you're lying under oath and you're charged with that, uh, what else is there to say other than she can't be trusted because of lying? And we saw this the Judge Judy show where she was, uh, you know, where it was very speculative of what she was presenting, how she presented it, what she was up to. Um, this own this this case right here in Napa County, uh, and again it was uh, uh, dated one four of two thousand by Lauren Armstrong. Um, Leslie Shelton had actually uh, commented to this case and said, well, I was only elected because it was an election year, and I have that screenshot. So because it's an election year... Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. I thought she only pled guilty because it was election year. That's what she said, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, she said... I wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, and I just found that strange, but uh, as a suspect was receiving cash aid, and food stamps for herself and one child. Suspect furnished false statements on three uh, reports to continue benefits by failing to report all income from a job. Dates of perjury listed above. Suspects overpaid uh, $1,368 in cash aid for payment. Uh, and this was June to August 1997 and over uh, issued $250 in food stamps for payment uh, in July through August of 1997. And, uh, again, I mean, that's a document. Everybody can research it. The case number, I'll give you the case number. Uh, 
for the perjury. It's six four six dash four dash ninety seven. Um seven dash two dash ninety two and eleven dash seven dash ninety seven. Um and I mean the record's right there. We'll we'll present this up there again. Um it just goes from one thing to the next, you know, and then the said documents again are raising suspicions and credibility issues with Michelle is is her own uh, abuse that was handled in the elderly care of her grandmother. Uh, there's so much there to dispute and question uh, the allegations that were made there by not only, um, you know, reporters, but the DA and so on and, um, you all, you can all judge for yourself. She has a past herself, and so what she speaks of the pot calling the kettle black, you know. Well, <laughs> I don't have any farm case documents that, that have ever done anything that, similar, and, and that goes back to what I said before. Though she'll point fingers at you, she'll point fingers at me, she'll point fingers at Judy, but when it comes back on her, all of a sudden she's a victim. You know, where you know, she wants to go digging into people's backgrounds. Now listen, we're all adults here, we all have past. All of us do. You know, yeah, I don't care who true. you are. You um, know, another thing that really uh another thing that really uh, disturbed me was uh Michelle calling me out and saying I should provide my medical records for my illness. When I did the same to her, she presented documents from two thousand eight and that entered into a blog um, that was released on the paper as well. And it says, Paranormal Fraud, Leslie Sheldon, whines even more. So it's medical records from 2008. So I say this, Leslie, where are your records from now? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to see what they say. Um, don't I also want to point out those records she produced, there is not one single diagnosis on it. If you read them carefully, they say uh, patient complains of these symptoms. There is no diagnosis stating the patient has this yeah. from the doctor. None. Mm-hmm. So all all she proved is that she went to the doctor and said, "Oh, I'm not feeling good." Yeah, that's figures. That's you, Judy. That's uh, yeah, well, you know. You know. It just like really upsets me that somebody claims to be who they're they are you know who they're not you know mm-hmm. I hate that I mean mm-hmm. um all three of them Brian and Darlene and and her claim to be in the paranormal world and none of them are I lived down up in Michigan from December to June and. Yeah, Brian took me by the old orphanage there that's haunted, severely haunted, but most of the hauntings are on the outside. So I wanted to go back there when the weather got nice. Well, you know what? Everybody was too busy to do something, but they had to do something else. They never took me back there. And, you know, I hate people that say they're in the paranormal world, and they're really not. I mean, they're claiming to be somebody they're not, you know? Exactly. I mean, I I've, I haven't been actively investigating in the past year or so a lot because of my medical condition and partially because with working, it does take a lot out of me. However, I have done it. I have record of me doing it. I have 
references. I can name teams that I've worked with, you know. I mean, I haven't act. I have not actively investigated in the past, I bet, four years. But mm-hmm. you bet your ass when I get a case and I can't get there because evidently I have no ride right now because I have no car, but, you know, supposedly I sleep in my car, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I, I network my cases out, and if they could come get me, that's fine. If they can't, then that's fine, too. Just go take care of whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I explained to you today, I got a case down in eastern Pennsylvania. I can't mm-hmm. get there. I'm in Connecticut, you know. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get there? I'm not too Real. far from there, so I'll try and help you out with that one. Yeah, well, we talked about that earlier, you know what I'm saying? But um, how would I, if I had nobody to network out to, how would I be able to take care of this case? Exactly. You, know? you wouldn't be able to. There's no way. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I do have a car, and I do drive, but I don't drive outside of a certain perimeter. First of all, I don't have the gas money. A lot of the times, I don't have the time. I am sick. I do have a child. I have a life outside of everything else um, that comes first. So, you know, it, the, there's... You shouldn't have to explain why you don't go somewhere, basically. But we all have things that we deal with. So what do we do? We help each other out. That's what you're supposed to do. She doesn't get that just because you can't be there that single moment doesn't mean you don't do it. And I honestly, I would like to see that woman operate a K2. On her own, without Google uh, searching how to work it. <laughs> she cannot. Uh, she cannot operate a case. She she wouldn't know the first thing about doing research or anything. She'd be reaching out to somebody else to help her with that. Just as such as her inquirer um, on two feet. Uh, is firing her up to do what she's doing and uh you know like like they the only thing that they did was ever was sit there and say well we work for the paranormal police yeah you sat on your asses your fat asses at that and you know turned around and and looked people up on the internet that's all you did when you mm-hmm. don't know the real story, you never contacted these people or anything else. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, I confided to Brian and Darlene a lot about my life, so they know a lot, so that's why shit's getting thrown up in my face. But that's neither here nor there. I don't care. Throw my life up into my face. It's not the first time somebody did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Nope. People claim- People claim to be in the paranormal, they're not. And I mean, if they were out there, the first people that they, if it was a demonic entity, the first people they would attack would be them. Seriously. Yeah. You know, there's something I wanted to speak about, too. And since, you know, Miss Shelton loves to pick up uh, what she calls truth from people, uh, Jesse, mm-hmm. all you. Um, you released some information of a blog that Miss uh, Shelton had posted some time ago uh, mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to read it here, and then you can talk about it. It says, I'm having difficulty locating the exact blog of Evans where Leslie uh, denies her husband cheating on her, and I couldn't find that blog either. I may have taken it down or transferred it somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. But it was there. You can vouch for me on that, right? <laughs> that comment but, was made. <laughs> but it happened, I guess, apparently it happened in 2008 where she um, – she was having some some very severe emotional issues. Apparently, I mean, she uh, talked about suicide and all this stuff, and then wrote about her husband cheating on her and all that. And um, and and it's pretty damning because again, it goes to credibility. Is why I'm even bringing this out. Not that. And, and that's the thing. And you brought up. You had also brought up if uh, her husband. No, seriously, Evan. I'm not Evan. looking to crucify her husband. You know, this was not a show where, oh, my God, her husband's a horrible cheater. So I'm not looking to do that. All I wanted to do with that particular blog was point out that she wrote this back in 2008, but when she was confronted with it, she lied. Yeah. She flat out lied. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, Evan, I mean, if you found out your wife was, Doing a pig, wouldn't you go out and cheat on her too? <laughs> My, but me. Yeah. No, it's just sad. I because that in. It's just sad. It's like, why do you write this stuff? And then, and then, if somebody comments about it, you deny it. I mean, if you're going to write something, expect people to, to see that. And it's the inconsistency. She'll do something exactly. and then deny it. She'll do something and then deny it. And this mm-hmm. is repetitive. It's her history. It's what we've observed, what we've seen, and you show proof to this. And this is what I've talked about in our blogs, that she'll write things that isn't so. But in her own world, it's so because she she thinks it's so. Now, she says mm-hmm. that I'm delusional and should be on Facebook and so on. And the problem is, it's not me, people. I don't think it's me at all. I think it's her. Um, and it's not just one person she's bothering now. She's bothering many people who have blocked her. They don't want to deal with her. Uh, she's being shunned by certain people from the, that were involved in the Tombstone event now. Why? Mm-hmm. They're getting tired of seeing this drama queen's crap. They know she's mm-hmm. full of it. They don't agree with what she's doing. They don't trust her. They don't believe her. Uh, and so this goes to credibility as well, and that's her issue. She caused it. She started it. She made the animosity with people. And now she can just sleep with that. And that's about mm-hmm. bottom line is the way she does things is just not social. Um, you know, and that's a problem. I mean, they have medications for these things. They have they have things she can do. Um, perhaps maybe staying off media, social, social media is a good thing because, um, you know, you, you, you're going to continually find things out like this. And, I mean... It's a proven fact now, it seems, that wherever she's involved, there's really going to be a lot of drama for whatever reason. He said, she said, missing funds. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing a lot. It's a pattern. You go back as far as 2000 or you go back before that if you want, and you'll see there's a continued pattern from this person. It's, it's, a, it's a social pattern and behavior that follows you in what you're doing there. You know, it's not, I'm not talking about writing a blog about you don't like this person or whatever. I'm talking about actual things that are being done. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is almost a sociopathic 
behavior. I've talked to a couple uh, psychologists about this, and they're psychoanalyzing the things that she's doing, and I won't name them because she'll go after them. Uh, also, and- keep in mind, though, Evan, and I understand you're talking with somebody about her, but they also haven't had the chance to talk with her either to be they can't make an actual diagnosis. They can form an opinion, but they can't make exactly it. right. They're only based on what I'm telling them, what they're seeing her write and seeing mm-hmm. what she's saying and, and stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's impartial, and, and, and that's true. Uh, but they can get a pretty damn good idea. I mean, they, they learn a lot from your writing, what, how you say what you say. Uh, you know, when you write something and then 10 minutes later you deny it, they're like, wait a minute, you know, so that's mm-hmm. sort of um, but yeah, well, you know, I don't know what else to say about her. I mean, it, it just, you know, I'd like to see her have a peaceful life and, and move on and do something, you know, progressively good in her life. Stop fighting with her neighbors, stop harassing people on social media, start being a, stop being a drama queen and, um, just kind of leave people alone. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, she just, I, I mean, there's so much I want to say, but you understand I have to hold back because I will let loose and I can't do, I won't do, I refuse to do that. Yeah. Um, but um, at this point, I would like to welcome my co-host, Heather McIntyre, to the show. Hello, Heather. How are you? Good Hi, evening, Evan. Judy. Hi, Evan. It's been a long Hello. time, Evan. Yeah, uh, and we also my computer. Jesse on the just, phone. Hi, Jesse. We haven't met. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Oh, well. Yeah, so you know, we're discussing, you know, Wesley and what's going on with her little digs and stuff. And nobody's getting belligerent. Nobody's swearing. Nobody's bashing anybody. So we're just, you know, having a discussion about it. You know. Yeah. Well. You know, sometimes I think everybody just needs to talk things out like you guys are doing tonight. I'm sorry that Leslie hasn't joined you that. And then, you know, let it go. How long can she keep bringing up the same thing, some of which happened, you know, 15, 20 years ago? It's, uh, it, it, Evan, you're right. It's sad. It's some kind of sickness when you just can't move on. Yeah, it's not being, it's, it's like you're, dormant. You're in your own world and nobody else's reality and, and your yeah. own reality becomes your own focal points of troubleness and, and I'm yeah, I've seen this all the time. Um, sure. And, and you know, people just need to know the source. They need to know where it's coming from and, and why this person's doing that and, and and know that, you know, just perhaps based on well, own said truths, these people are ones that maybe should not be looked at as being too serious. You know what I mean? Well, you're right. You're right. And uh, But it's very true. You know, you live in your own world, you write your own blogs, and you start to live in them. And uh, that's that's what happens. And it, it happens to lots of people. Um, you know, I, I saw a little bit, Jesse, about talking about... Um, her at once having blogs that her husband cheated on her and then afterwards denied it. Um, mm-hmm. I could kind of see that because if I was mad at my husband for doing something like that, yeah, I might blast off and tell people it happened. Afterwards, I'd be like, oh, crap, I don't want the whole world thinking that my husband cheated on me or knowing that my husband cheated on me. Yeah, so, but if you, you know, I might outright deny it. Did you, did you get a chance to read the blog? Though? This was not a... 
oh, my God, my husband cheated on me, and then is left up seven years later for somebody to find online. This was a poor me, poor me, and she she turns around and she says, I don't blame my husband for finding someone else, Mm. Um, which is fine. Whatever, you know, whatever, to each their own, whatever your relationship is, that's fine. But if you're mad and you blast off, you know, first of all, I've learned by just by cause and effect. You know what? I've actually learned that if I, before I write something or before I hit that publish button, is this something I want biting me in the ass 10 years from now? Because this is the point we're at. The Internet has been out there for 15 years now. I can find things that I wrote 10, 12 years ago and look at it. I'll even go, what the hell was I thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I sit down and I write a blog, is this really what I want people seeing for me 20 years ago for my son to find? Is this something I want? future generations of my friends and family to find. No, it's sure. not. So you know what? I don't hit that send button. Right. Number one. You have learned number that. Two, everybody doesn't. Number there's two, a, uh, if I do have to slip off, because I'm not going to lie, I get pissed off and I'll mouth off. And I, I sit on, if I do slip off and I do it, I will go back and I will delete it. Not that I'm necessarily hiding it, I will look at it as, you know what, I really went on this person publicly. I went off on this person publicly. They don't deserve that. I don't want them to have to feel the wrath of what I wrote 10 years down the road. Mm. Because That's it's very not true. Fair. So, if she's going well, to there's a, there's like a couple that, subjects. Jesse, there's a couple subjects I want to hit on here, okay? Um, <laughs> one of the subjects about you know, her grandmother and her accusing her sister of um, doing this to her grandmother, but we all know her grandmother was in a nursing home and accidents happen in nursing homes. You know, you fall. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Older people uh, bruise easier. Um, I for her to accuse her sister, and I'm not going to mention her sister's name. We all know who she is, um, mm-hmm. of actually doing this to her grandmother and then later on accusing her of setting a fire and killing her grandmother. And, you know, Evan and I could both agree, yeah, we we trashed her sister pretty bad last year, and I really feel bad for that after I got the proof and what it Thanks to you, I got the proof of what really happened and how Leslie was actually um, outcasted from the nursing home by the court that she couldn't even go near her grandmother because of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it gets better. Um, I don't have the paperwork yet, but I did find out there is paperwork out there. I just have to get my hands on it. Um, During all that... Leslie had gotten the one lawyer fired because she wanted this other court-appointed lawyer. She thought this other court-appointed lawyer was going to see things her way because the original court-appointed lawyer 
was not seeing things Leslie's way. And we all know when Leslie doesn't get what she wants, she pitches a baby fit. She does. Uh, she, right. well, that's, if so, she does the whole point. You, you got a very good point there, sorry to interrupt. Uh, you got a great point. When she doesn't get her way, then she'll backlash you like nobody's business. She'll mm-hmm. post things that aren't true. She'll randomly make up things. She'll do things that mm-hmm. the average person just won't go. She goes and above she and beyond. if she can't crash on you, yeah. she'll make it up. Um, yeah. Um, but so she did. She ended up, she successfully got the first court-ordered lawyer fired during the whole custody thing of the grandmother. Um, they brought the second lawyer on that Leslie wanted. Uh, there was actually that second lawyer actually wrote a letter, I believe, to the judge or the court. Uh, offhand, I can't remember exactly who it was to. I have to get it in my hand. Um, the second lawyer was requesting to be taken off the case because Leslie was threatening him and harassing him to the effect of over 100 emails were sent with this letter to the judge. Now, the judge turned around and said, no, I've already fired one lawyer off this case. You're the second one. You're going to have to stick it out. Sorry about it. But, you know, that's, you know, she got the first lawyer fired because she didn't like what he had to say. She got the lawyer of her choosing, and then she didn't like what he said. So she starts threatening and harassing a lawyer. Who the hell, pardon my language, threatens and harasses a lawyer? Lawyers are officers of the court, especially in a custody case like that where they're court appointed. Who the, who the heck does that? Leslie Shelton does. Well, yeah, but... I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it just sounds like it's... It's very sad all around. Mm-hmm. Oh, it um, is. You know, I mean, we all know the world won't run the way that we want it, but mm-hmm. some people are slow to catch on to that. <laughs> well, some people are slower than others, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, it, it, if I go online and say, hey, Evan, if I ever meet you face-to-face, I'm going to slap you, you know. That wouldn't be unlike me to say, but you would have something to say back. But you and I are also rational. We'll just go, oh, she's a little pissy today, or he's a little off balance. You know, we don't take it to the point where we're going to sit here. I mean, she dummied up a fake stalking charge on me. I'm getting letters mailed to me from a court in Wyoming. That, first of all, I didn't even know she had put a complaint against me. I ended up, the first I knew about it, I was getting a dismissal letter. I'm like, what the heck is this? I'm like, really? Really? You're pressing charges on somebody you've never met, you don't know, you couldn't find anything about me online, so you made it up, and now you're going to go, you're going to pay 65 bucks to have a civil court case on me. I don't have 65 bucks to waste on people I hate. Yeah. You should know? <laughs> save it for her meds. Exactly. Like, who does this stuff? And that's what I mean when I was talking about earlier. She's, it's not even like she can go online for 10 minutes, live in her little world, and then snap out of it. She 
takes it to the point where she's putting herself in people's personal lives, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, uh, I don't know what it's going to take to bring awareness to this person, but perhaps after hearing the show today, people will kind of get a better understanding and idea that that type of behavior is not socially acceptable. I mean, and she is one of the most extreme types that I've ever dealt with out there. I do believe, although this is an allegation, um, it cannot be proven, but it is my belief that a recent phone call I got had something to do with her uh, last week threatening me. It was a restricted phone number. Um, You were saying that, you know, um, I said you were saying that last week that you got that phone call. Oh, yeah, that call came in. Uh, uh, restricted, and, and uh, now here's another thing that she's done is she's uh, made these screenshots, or what she is telling people that are my uh, screenshots. Uh, look, I haven't said this, but I'm not even on freaking Facebook at the time. <laughs> I've been doing stuff, and um, she had listed my phone number out there, so people would call in. So she's adverting people too, sorts of things. So it's an extreme. That this person's doing. And I, I, I want well, to she just sent me. She sent me a message tonight telling me that she was contacting the police because of harassment and that and this and that. And I didn't harass. I didn't harass her at all. I got names for her, but Stop I'm just you know. to have a friendly discussion. And and, and uh, there's no harassment there. It's it's just people relaying what they feel, and uh, you know all the allegations that are being made. Uh, are, are simply that. There are allegations being made based on the evidence that's presented <laughs> at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, they're allegedly to happen. These allegations are all allegedly to happen. And, you know, I want to say that. But I'm sure she'll come out and say, hey, you're making fake allegations. No, these are alleged allegations. You know, these are the events that we've stated today and about what's going on with Ms. Sheldon's all of this is basically based on allegedly her saying this or her writing that or her doing this. And, and so that, there's a difference there. And there's a but the thing is, is, you know, we we have all kinds of proof on her evidence. She ain't got nothing really on us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, okay, I mean, you know what? If there was I, a blog, if there was a I, blog I, I gotta, I gotta clarify gonna, something real quick before I ever get accused of being a liar. Um, Evan, you had asked me if I was on welfare. All right, no, I am not now that I'm on disability. I just wanted to make sure I tell you because if it comes out in a blog later from you-know-who, I was on food stamps for six months while I was applying for disability. That was the only time I was ever on food stamps. And I want you to know... There you have it, yeah. I I received a... I received a whole whopping thirty-three bucks a month. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. But hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, folks. I hear I hear Billy Bob coming on. Billy Bob? Yeah, I'm there. Billy Bob. Billy Bob's coming. Yeah, I'm there, Bob. I've been listening all this, and uh, I'm gonna tell you, I just think that Leslie Shelton just took crap. I, I don't listen. believe the damn thing she's telling anybody out there. In fact, if I had to make a blog of me 
Leslie Shelton is the world champ. <laughs> ah, shut up, Billy Bob. That's enough of Billy Bob, right? Yeah, no, he, he's not trying to say about Leslie, too, because he ran into Ralph Barry in Wyoming, where, <laughs> where he lives at, you know, you know, where he passed through and shit. Where's everybody? Oh, no. Yeah, that's funny. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate you all coming on, and I actually have to bail, Judy. Uh, I actually have to go get something done uh, this evening, so... Uh, you guys continue the show. Do whatever you want to do, you know, and, and uh, appreciate Jesse coming on, being candid and, and honest with us. And, you know, I, I didn't hear any real rants or raves, and actually the show was fairly peaceful. Um, and hopefully at this show, it's it's my hopes that it gets some awareness out there and that people agree with what she's doing is wrong. Uh, as far as the GoFundMe site that she recently made, we all know that turned out to be a disaster. It's a matter of opinion of many people. In fact, they're listening to the show today, as they said they would be. Uh, it's our hopes that she leaves that person, the recipient, alone and, and moves on to something, you know, more profitable and and, uh, and all that. And it's just my goal that she just leaves people alone and just kind of fades on with whatever she intends to do in her life. You know, I, I really, really wish the best for her. Um, I know she's got a horrible, horrible illness, and I think that affects her brain a lot because she's got, you know, the uh, mm. spinal fluid leaking in her brain. I hope, I, I wish her the best. I hope her operation goes okay. I don't know when she's going to have it or anything, but I don't wish her any bad luck. You know, I know others might, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But with that said, you guys, I'm going to bail. Wesley, uh, all right, that's old boy, Edward. Oh, uh, don't Judy. you dare. Don't you even go there. <laughs> Judy, and you and Jesse, and then your co-host there, Judy, continue onward. And uh, I can't wait to listen to the replay. We'll get it downloaded so people can hear it, and they'll know that it w- really wasn't one of my normal bashing shows. So on one of my normal bashing shows, well, it's no... Holds the bottom oh, yeah, of box and the whole nine This was definitely not a bashing show because my mouth would have been rotten Evan and you know it. <laughs> With that said, I'm, I'll see you guys soon and uh, be in touch. Be good out there. Be good at all you do. If somebody's troubling you, you know, don't go to the Judge Judy show. Uh, just email me and we'll see, see what we can do. Maybe we can hash out the differences or. You know, we can talk about it sometimes yeah, being in open you know, chat room. I was hoping to be able to have Leslie come on and Darlene and Brian so we can do that tonight. But it looks like, you know, they never showed up unless number seven was actually Leslie. And then she changed to number 21, which they blocked that, too, because right. they're like, it's me again. You know, they're just That like, was me. Really- Judy, yeah. that's why I was blocked. That was me. Who are you? <laughs> I came back as number 21. You blocked me. <laughs> oh, well, that was it. I'm blocking you. I'm blocking on this. I'm going to go so I'll say peace out, and uh, I'll chat with you all a little bit later. Uh, have a good time doing what you guys have done well tonight. And take care. We'll see you all soon. All right. Night, oh, it, was 20, it was 23. Sorry. Okay, and now, folks, I'd like to break into Haunted Havens. Let's talk about yeah. some Haunted Havens here. Um, Heather, I got I got some Haunted Havens that I'd like to talk about um, since you're on the show. 
And I've, yeah. talked about, I've, I've talked about this house many, many times. And, you know, the house still intrigues me till this day. It's empty. And uh, I just want the house. It's in Windsor, Connecticut. Um, it, it, it's... Uh, is is stemmed down from Cotton Mather of the Salem Witch Trials. And, you know, I don't know what it is about the house, but I really, really love the house. It was handed down to Eliakim Mather, which she married into Anna Olka. And Anna Olka at the time, her family was very, very wealthy. So he took on her last name, and then it was handed down to a Reverend Samuel Mather, who happens to want the house today, you know. Um, people can't live in there no more than six months at a time, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a real shame because, I mean, if you ever went inside that house, you'd fall in love with it. Now, now when did you first uh, first go to, to uh, the Windsor house? Today? I went to the Windsor house in 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 12 you years. Know, what, what, what brought you there? Uh, the owner of the house contacted me, and one night him and his wife were having an argument. And uh, when she had said to sell the house, the umbrella went flying from, like, around the corner by the back door and hit above the mantle on the fireplace and fell to the, to the floor. No oh my. And upon speaking to the um, owner of the house, he said the house was consuming him. No matter how much he fixed up the house, it kept consuming him to the point where he was up for, uh, and we have the ice cream truck in the background. That's me. I'm shutting the door. That's me. I'm sorry. (laughs) And, uh, no, it, it sounded good to have the ice cream truck during this horrid story. Yeah, really. Oh, how well, about this hard humidity and story at the same time? The ice cream truck is right. welcome. Well, mm. he, said, he said, you know, as much as he fixed, the more and more he fixed up the house, the more and more it seemed to fall apart, and the more and more he was consumed in it. Now, there was the family's dining room, then the kitchen, then there was a little dining room off the kitchen, which was, the slave dining room. And I don't care how much you fix the crack in the wall, every time you fix it, it seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay? Mm. And uh, I was in this house for two weeks. The first night I was in that house, uh, one of my group members, he's like looking up at the ceiling and he had those old uh in the ceilings, you know, the, the, the old the beams, beams that they sure. And it had uh, cast iron stuff. I mean, they left the cast iron stuff just hanging up there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, my group member was like, you need to move. And I'm like, why do I need to move? And he says, no, just move back. And I moved, that took a step back. And as I did, the muffin pan that was cast iron fell off the ceiling, off the beam. And if I had mm-hmm. been standing there, it would have hit me in the head. You know, and, yeah, traumatic, uh, traumatic brain injury. No, I think it would have killed me. It would have went right mm. through my head. Uh, 
when the, the owner first contacted me, he said, there's no electricity, no gas, no running water in the house. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I have a flashlight. I know how to pee outside, you know, because we're horse women. We know how to do that, you know, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> you know, so when we got there, we had light, we had heat, and we had running water. Hmm. So when I checked the, the meters, nothing running. But it was on. Wow. Well, so you were actually being welcomed. No, I was actually being tormented. <laughs> okay. So I shot multiple pictures in that house, and I got multiple apparitions and what have you within the house. Uh, not good apparitions. They were mm-hmm. basically on your demonic side. Which I oh am well come to find out, um Reverend Samuel Mather was a very, very angry spirit. He hated women and children. Hmm. Uh, the last night we were there, which was a Saturday night, and I had already called in Keith and Sandra Johnson to come down there and cleanse the house and bless it and what have you, because Mm-hmm. That's what they do. And that morning I received a phone call that Sunday morning from the owner of the house, which told me to go in there and pack my stuff up, which when I went in up to the upper bedroom in the back to pack my stuff up, I literally got choked. Literally. Wow. You know, not a good feeling, and here you have the paranormal group telling the uh, owners that there's nothing there, and when we had the show with the twin brothers on, Keith and Carl Johnson, uh, Keith came on and admitted that he hated women and children. He he didn't talk good about women or children. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that is in Worcester, Connecticut. I won't say what the number of the house is or where the property is located in Windsor, but it's in Windsor, Connecticut, folks. Um, mm-hmm. It's an empty house right now, you know. Um, I wish I had the money to buy it. Uh, yeah. Actually, you had told me once, Judy, that uh, just like the owner, uh, that house started to consume you. It, it started to become an obsession. It did. It really, really did. And I think I'm still obsessed with that house to a point mm-hmm. that I would really like. I have a friend here, Dana's here, and she says, yeah. Um, I would really, really, what? I would really, really love to uh, get something, you know, buy that house. Yeah. What do you yeah. think it would be like if you bought that house and moved into it with Reverend Mather right there? I don't know. Him and I would have to come to a uh, a um, agreement that he'd stay upstairs and I'd stay downstairs. <laughs> Judy, let me ask you a question. Would you come across a house with spirits um, like that? Um I had a similar situation. I had to temporarily live in a house for a month, and the the person that built the house, his spirit was still there, and he did not like uh, me at all. 
Um, he didn't like, the thing is, is he didn't like women or children, Reverend Samuel Mather. So as long as you were a guy, that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, me wanting to live there is like really crazy just because he didn't like women or children. Mm-hmm. But I, I ended really... up, I ended up actually just saying to him, one day, I actually, the, the reason why we, me and my roommate were there, we had been in a house fire, and they had to repair the building we actually lived in, so our landlord had this house available for us to stay in until our apartment was fixed. Um, I finally got to a point of the third week of his tormenting, and I was so mad, and I was, I was out of work on medical leave because the fire had triggered a lot of like, I don't. I didn't find myself. Um, I was more combative with the spirit. I was more was, challenge challenging him to manifest I did that himself. I, uh, I did that I too. For the first three weeks, I was like, "Hey, leave me alone. Whatever. You're miserable." Blah, I blah, threw, blah. Uh, the third I threw, week, I said to him, "I said, look, I don't want to be I in threw, I threw stuffed toys at him. I threw tennis balls at him and everything else. (laughs) Well, ordering him to manifest. And that was on Saturday night when I did that. (laughs) And the next day I got the phone call to get out of there. So when I went in his space by myself alone, which I should have never did, but I did, went up there to go get my camcorder out of there and my tape recorder out of there and, uh, he did grab a hold of my throat and choked me, and when I stepped out of the room, he let me go. Hmm. But it was like a really scary thing. Um, I got an EVP that said, go to the basement, and I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going down to the basement because I hate basements and I hate attics, you know? Mm-hmm. I had another group uh, from Maine come in, and uh, they bought their psychic, and through the psychic, one of the slaves said, don't anger the master. Well, yeah, I did a good job of that. Hmm. <laughs> he called me a witch. He says, you're nothing but a witch like all the rest of them. And that's when I was actually practicing witchcraft at the time. So. Well, he called you out, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He called me out, you know. Uh, well, what I ended up doing, I ended up saying to the one that was tormenting me was, look, I don't want to be here any more than you want me here. Give me peace. I'll leave you alone. And it was probably a week later, you know, we were back in our apartment a week after that. But for that week, after I finally put my foot down with him, I, I guess you could say I negotiated with him. I said, I'll leave you well, alone. You leave me alone. He finally well, did, but he, he was one, he didn't like mouthy women, and I'm a mouthy woman. I'll tell a guy off, and I did see, for three weeks. See, the, the thing is, with this guy, he didn't care if you were nasty or not. He just did not like women. Um, the real estate agent, um, oh, okay. I'm not going to call names over the phone. She called me one day, and she says, the back French door is, is all cracked. I'm like, what do you mean it's all cracked? She says, yeah, the glass is all shattered. 
And I said, well, is there a brick on the inside or brick on the outside? Well, in, in order for it to be outside, somebody had to be in the house. Um, mm-hmm. I went out there once again. There was no brick on the inside, no brick on the outside. The glass for the French door was just all shattered. Um, mm. She did get the house sold to a family with a child, and uh, upon her last, with the family before that, upon her last showing for the, fan, the, the buyer before that, she was coming down the stairs and she heard her name being called and she turned around and she got shoved down the stairs. She broke her collarbone, bone, broke her arm and had a heart attack and she gave up real estate. But, you know, no. that's neither here nor there. But when the family did finally buy it, this other family bought it. And when her son was unpacking in the front bedroom upstairs, uh, when the windows fog up, you know how you could write in the windows when they mm-hmm. fog up? It was written in there, get out with the name Sam under it. And oh they, often, they often heard, like, you know when cats play in a plastic bag and stuff? They had no cats. They had no plastic bags out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they heard. And I'm like, well, do you want me to come back out there? And they're like, no, no, no. They just wanted the report on the house and the pictures and what have you. And I sent them all that, the new family, you know, out of respect for them. I took it off my website and what have you. And, you know, I'm just like, whatever. Hmm. But I so think... Uh, like, go ahead. Go ahead, Heather. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, uh, is the house empty now? The house is em- totally empty now. Um, it's been empty for a year. When I noticed it was empty and up for sale for $50,000, I contacted John Zappas and I asked him, I says, uh, told him about it and stuff. And uh, he says, well, would it hold my haunted museum? Because at the time, John was looking for another place to hold his museum. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I would. He says, well, would you live there to take care of the beauty of it? I'm like, no. He says, why? I says, because what is in that house will release everything you have in that house. We'll release mm. it. Let it go. Wow. I says, yeah. That's too much. That would have been too, too much to deal with. And thank God he didn't win custody of Annabelle because he would have, you know, that would have been really had her there. <laughs> wow, and that is not something that we want released on the world. Well, she is released uh, to the world. I hate well, to say that. She is released to the world. She's going to uh, tour. She's not on tour right now. Mm. Has there been any activity um, attributed to her yet? I haven't heard about any activity being attributed to her or not, but uh, with Lorraine in the mind she's in, her son-in-law always talked her into uh, letting her go out to visit people. And uh, I don't know. I would not trust that doll to walk up to it at all. I didn't like her when she was in an enclosed cage. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I got I got bad vibes from her there when I went to the museum, and it's like, 
If she's out of the cage, you know, as Evan would say, out of the box, when she's out of the box, um, no, I don't want to meet her personally. Mm. Everybody says, oh, but she's just a raggedy Ann doll. And it's like, no, she's not just a raggedy Ann doll. She will kill you. You just don't understand that this thing will hurt you. She will hurt you. Yeah. And yes. as you know, as you know, Heather, about the dream I had about, you know, doing exorcism and stuff like that, I mean, mm-hmm. and I can't or anything. It's like, since then I've had a lot of stuff coming up, like that case in Eastern Pennsylvania and yes. stuff like that. You know, I don't have any way of getting down there. I'd love to go down there just to see what's there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had somebody stronger than me and Ed Warren told looked at me on his dying bed and said, You're gonna be like me sometime and I said, No, I'm not. I know. know. For anybody who's listening, Judy and I have discussed this, and she has no interest in being an exorcist or a demonologist or having pretty much anything to do with demons in any way, shape, or form. But uh, some people just keep insisting that 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 may be in her future. I mean, uh, (laughs) I don't have a problem with reading up on demonology and stuff like that, just reading it, and that's when you become a demonologist. But um, as far as performing exorcisms and casting demons out, no, there's too much danger there. I have five beautiful grandkids, and, you know, I don't need any demonic attachments to me because I have a 13-year-old, and he he could be unruly without the demonic entity. I wouldn't even think <laughs> him with, with, with an attachment, you know. Hmm. Um, oh. I was also told I was also told by Lorraine that I'm the type of person that has so much electricity to me. I have a lot of electricity in my body and this is when spirits attach myself and that's why every time I go out, I tell them they have to stay where they are. They cannot come home with me because I have enough people living in my house. My inn is full. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) As everybody knows, right now I have seven spirit children living with me and that I that I got through uh buying dolls. They're all spirited my dolls. Um I cross every single one over except for a three year old that refuses to go and he wanted his little coverall jeans and his striped shirt and his he got that plus his little hat, you know, that all match. And uh his name is Ralphie. He wanted me to tell you his name. And uh, <laughs> the other ones, they just go back and forth as as need be, you know. Um, another haunting that I studied in depth was the Green Lady Cemetery, which is actually the Seventh-day Advent Cemetery in Burlington, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Palmer was her name, and what happened there. And I want to clarify this for everybody because you know, 
everybody gets the story wrong, and I did. I went to libraries. I talked to the historian there. I went to the historical society itself, and the true story goes like this, folks. Um, she was a very young girl married to an older man. I don't remember his name. Her name was Elizabeth Palmer, and he. it was during the winter, and he went out to uh, go get some groceries for the house during a snowstorm. Well, three days later, he still didn't come home, so she decided she was going to go looking for him, and she wandered off through the woods and fell into a pond. And the reason why she's called the Green Lady is because when she fell through the pond and the ice, she could not get out, but she also had a green dress on and like a little green a green coat on over the green dress and a green bonnet. And uh, she drowned in the, the little pond over there, but there's a lot more history than that. I mean, oh at, the, at the corner of the road, you had a brown house. It's still brown. Um, the Grand Knight to the KKK resided there, and there were many lynchings within, with, with, with on the property, you know. And uh, I never got an apparition. I got a lot of orbs. I'm not really one for orbs right now because, you know, they could be the weather, bugs, uh, dust, what have you, you know. Sure. You go down the road a little further, there's Indian burial grounds, and then there's a nuclear, there's a field there, and it was a nuclear dump site at the time. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Right now, it's just a field where everybody goes riding their dirt bikes through. Um, then you go down, and on the left-hand side, right after the, right after the field, is the pond where she passed, where she died, where she drowned which is now empty, mm-hmm. by the way. There's no more water in there. They pumped it all out. Okay. Then you go down the road a little bit. There's the cemetery. Across the street from the cemetery up the hill is a satanic altar. They moved their satanic altar from across the street to in back of the cemetery. Okay. And really? I have somebody here right Yes, Dana is here with me right now, and she could vouch. She saw the altar behind the cemetery. She went down there with me. Wow. Up the street from the cemetery at the end of the road, it used to be a YMCA boy camp where back Mm -hmm. in the 1950s, somebody, some maniac went in there and killed not only the counselor, but all the little boys that were there. Oh, no. And where was this again? Burlington, Connecticut. Burlington, Connecticut. Oh, Lord. I mean, it was, it's horrible. You don't know, when you go down there, there's been, I found Ouija wards in the cemetery. In In the center, there's this big cement block, which actually used to hold the founder of the cemetery, and that road is called Covey Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to hold a statue of him, okay? Today, the statue's not there because the historical society took it. Mm-hmm. Not only did they take that stone after so many people had uh, chipped away at her stone, they also took her stone out of the cemetery. Wow. 
Hmm. They have tried. They have tried to dig her up. Just a crater grave. I mean, you name it, they've done it. Okay, this is why I have good connections down there. All I got to do is call the first electman or the state police to get in there at night, mm-hmm. and I'm more than welcome. Okay. That is basically one of the most haunted places in Connecticut. That is a public place during the day, at night. You need to get permission to go in there, otherwise you're getting arrested. They don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a paranormal group. If you don't get permission to go in there and notify the state police that you're a paranormal group and you're going in there for an investigation, let them know what kind of car you're driving, what kind of cars are going to be there, and how many people are going to be there. You're getting arrested. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, it's really, really pitiful. And we got 13 minutes left here, Heather. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, well, now, like we we are going to be discussing a, a case in eastern Pennsylvania on an upcoming show. Uh, but why don't you talk a little bit about the case that you had in Easton a few years back? Um, back in 2003, I got contacted by a woman. Uh, she was there with her three kids and her mother living in Easton, Pennsylvania. Um, and the little girl that was about three or four years old was affected by what she called a man with a diamond eye. So, I mean, so I'm preparing for this case, and my cats were going crazy in my house on the stairs because I had a, not a two-family, but, you know, upstairs and downstairs. Upstairs were four bedrooms. Downstairs was, you know, the kitchen, living room, and dining room. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking pictures of them on the staircase, and what I saw was uh, something just forming in my mirror. And, you know, thanks to my son, I don't have those pictures anymore, and I wish I did, you know? Mm. Uh, mm. Yes. Uh, Thursday would be the case of Phil Syracuse from Easton, Pennsylvania, and he's having problems with demonic entities there, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the 23rd, I have a demonologist, um, who's been on this case with Phil Syracuse. I have demonologist James Antonito coming on. Mm-hmm. The 27th, yeah, well, I... I have... Huh? Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. The 27th, we have Andrew Dodge coming on, and that's kind of getting back into our serial killer show because it's about mm. uh, serial killer uh, memorabilia. Yes, indeed. And and I'm very excited about that because I really, I mean, I don't know a lot about the paranormal, but I never even knew murderabilia existed. So uh, I'm excited to find out a little more about about, a walk in a different park. Yeah, it would be be interesting to find out how he obtains all this memorabilia, you know? Yes. Well, yes, and I did go on his site and it seems that since he's an auction house, people can put their own things that they're selling up on it, like through eBay. 
Um, but I'm also interested, you know, how, how does one get interested in collecting things that belonged to or were made by murderers? Um, that just seems like an well, odd hobby, but to, we'll find out. serial killers and stuff. But at well, the end of the month, yeah. the very last day of the month, I'm taking out the month of August with a very, <laughs> very uh, in-depth, it's, it's going to actually be a double show. It's going to be about the Harper Circus Fire from 1944, and I do have a right to go and take pictures there. We've been there before. Um and it had to do with one of the clowns that was there called Emmett Kelly. And I actually have an Emmett Kelly clown doll that I've had for the past 56 years. He's as old as I am. My grandparents bought him for me as my very <laughs> first doll. You know, and actually with all my moving and stuff, he's the only one I never lost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. ladies, I'm going to head out. Um Judy, I'm going to have to stay tuned to your shows because you have a lot coming up. Heather, I don't know if Judy told you I'm from around the Eastern area. Um, oh, great. So, oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. so I'm I'm definitely going to be paying attention because right. it just, it's kind of close to home, but it's, you know, you ladies have interesting shows. So, But I'm going to oh. get going. Thanks for allowing me to hang okay. out and listen. Just. I just want to throw this out, Jesse. Phil Mancuso, uh, The House in Easton. His books are on Kindle. I've read them both. But since you're from Easton, you might want to read his books and take a look. Yeah, I definitely would. Judy brought that up to me today. I looked them up. I'm going to have to get a hold of them and look and read them. All right, thanks, ladies. Okay, bye, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse, for being on. No problem. Bye-bye. I'll talk to you later. Good night, sweetie. Yeah, so anyway, you know, folks, I, I'm going to go into the Hartford Circus Fire, and I'm going to go out there, and, I mean, I had pictures before from there, and I had fantastic pictures. And that was before they removed uh, Little Miss 1565. The family yeah. finally to, uh, the, the family came and claimed her, like, mm-hmm. right after the next year after I had taken pictures and there were just like so much ah. so much activity in that cemetery. You know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we're gonna Dana and I are gonna take a ride out there. Oh good. Good. I know you've been wanting to. So I, I don't have a choice because like I said, um what I'm gonna do as far as Emmett is get the picture of Tim that they have up there in the picture of my doll. And, I mean, my doll just looks so sad. And I never thought of him as sad until I read about what he went through with that fire, you know. Now he's, yeah. like, really sad. And, and it's because of him that it's called uh, the day the, the circus fire is actually called the day the clowns cried. And that's because he tried to put out the fire, and uh, he couldn't yeah. with the bucket of water, you know. And um, there's just so much for that story. It's just like I have so it much is. information on it. I mean, it's just like where do I start? <laughs> well, you're going to start. 
pretty soon with you and Dana taking a trip over there and getting a feel for the place again. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, we've yep. been to Memorial site. We've been to the cemetery. Um, as a matter of fact, we went out there one night. And the cemetery is really weird. The gate is in Windsor. So when you call Windsor up and ask them for permission, they're like, no, you got to call Hartford, okay? <laughs> so I call Hartford, and they're like, well, yeah, the cemetery is in Hartford, but did you call Windsor to ask if you could get through the gate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then guys. The guy, then the guy, <laughs> is this a joke? The, the uh, officer I was talking to in Hartford, he's like, did you ever see the movie Insidious? And I'm like, no, I didn't see that movie. Well, I ended up seeing Insidious 1. Oh, Insidious yeah. How they got <laughs> Insidious 3 out, and it's like, you know, really? Oh, yes. Well, you know, they'll get you in the mood. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We well, have a we have a jam-packed uh, August, and uh, and then September and October is coming up, and we know those are the, the haunting times of the year for some places. And, well, I believe uh, we have a couple of good guests coming up for October. I mean, I know I have. Indeed. You have one guest coming up that wants to be closer to uh, Halloween, and I got one guest that wants to be closer to Halloween. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. And in September, I'm going to be down in Savannah, so I may come back with some, some good old stories for us all. All righty, folks, and with that, we got four minutes left, and I'm going to say goodnight to everybody, and I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Evan Jensen, Jesse Roth, Heather McIntyre, and all my people within the chat room for being here tonight. Thank you, folks. Yeah, you go. And with that, I am out. Good night, everyone. Good night, all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.